evening and welcome to another episode of Unstoppable Overcomers. Uh, tonight we, is, we have today's sponsors, um, Camaraderie Rescue Mission with their uh, summer fun raffle. Definitely get your ticket today to win a chance to win a six-month membership to Freedom Boat Club in Winter Haven, uh, Florida. If you're not in Winter Haven, that's okay. We have 350 locations to serve you four times within that six months. Plus, you get a, a t-shirt with that. So get your raffle ticket today at www.tcrmi.org backslash shop to get your ticket today. As well as we are um, honored to have uh, Strong Foundations Coaching and Consulting. Definitely book your 30-minute free consultation with Chen today as she has over 25 years of experience leading, mentoring, training, and coaching. Chen provides individuals and businesses personalized support to get your line aligned with your best life. So definitely book your consultation today. As well as her amazing book created, No Way Out. It is a definitely a book that you want to get your hands on, filled with emotion, unique insights on mental health, and an ending you don't want to miss. You can get that on her website, jensahari.com, or Amazon today. I'm trying to keep a straight face, and that's going to be hard with our guest tonight, considering he's already in so much trouble. <laughs> I'm not even drinking. <laughs> and he's stone cold sober. <laughs> a private joke in a green whim. He tried to get me in trouble with my partner tonight. And I'm like, yeah. He's that's okay. When I get my ass to Florida, <laughs> you'll owe me a drink. <laughs> it's funny, she texted me on the ramp up to this and she goes, You are in so much trouble. And I'm like, the whole time I'm laughing. Yeah, we're gonna have fun. That's what we're gonna do for the next hour. <laughs> we are gonna have fun. We are. So tell the world who you are, Dr. Joe. Hi, so my name's Joe Dottori. Uh, I spent 28 years as a Navy uh, veteran, uh, special operations, then I switched over to engineering duty diver, um, retired out of U.S. Special Operations Command in uh, what 13 something like that. And, uh, you know, and my boss, Admiral McRaven, asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, I want to go. He offered me a great job. And I was like, ah, I want to go back to school. I want to help. I want to be part of the solution. I don't want to be part of the problem anymore. I mean, not that military guys a problem, but the I just didn't want to take. I wanted to give. Right. So I uh, went back to school. I got a Ph.D. in biomedical engineering. And I have been trying to solve this traumatic brain injury, PTSD, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, like it's, it's all brain interaction type stuff. So I've been trying to solve that for the past, I don't know, nine years, eight years, whatever it is, you know. So that's what we're doing, man. That's kind of who I am. That's so what do you do with people that don't have a brain. Oh, oh. And you know, I'm finding more and more and more of them. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a full brain replacement. But we oh, yeah. go dig up cadavers that were actually intelligent and we replace their brain. It's great. <laughs> I couldn't help that. That's the first thing that popped into my head. And I knew that this show would be fun um, because that's just who you are. Uh, I mean, seriously. So, <laughs> and our friend Christy joins us laughing. So that's good. That's good. So, so you decided to quit the Navy and then try and help the world. Yeah. 
I quit after 28 years. I just couldn't take it anymore. I was like, that's it. I, 27 years, eight months and 19 days. I was like, I think that's long enough. I'm good. Not and that you were counting. To Washington, D.C. And I was like, but, but, but no, you told me I could be at SOCOM for, you know, three years, three plus years. And they want to transfer me and make me the head of blah, blah, blah. blah. And I was like, no. I don't want to leave. I, my daughter, she, you know, she, she was in her uh, uh, 10th grade year of high school. So I said, I don't want to transfer and I don't want to get yelled at because if I transfer my daughter in mid grade, oh, it would have been not pretty, but it's all right. And everything happens for a reason. So I, I said, Hey, I want to, I did, I did like a real short stint of working for our government for a very short period of time, went to Korea, decided that that wasn't really me anymore, you know, and then I just said, I'm going back to college. I got to do something different. So. Right. So what made you decide to go into, into transition into working with um, the PTSD and things like that? So I had this desire to help people when I, uh, when I retired from the military and, uh, my my biking buddy was uh, uh, an admiral, uh, and he and I used to bike on Wednesday mornings here in Tampa. Right, he and I used to go biking on Wednesday mornings, and we'd ride up and down Bayshore, and you know we'd go out and come back, and we'd just shoot the breeze. And I'm like, listen, I want to try and help vets. Twenty two a day are killing themselves. They all have post traumatic, uh, you know, stress. They're all hurting. They're all. Uh, he says, what can I do? What can I do? So I started learning more and more about it, and the whole time I'm going to college, right. Uh, trying to work myself into this. Uh, I gotta, I gotta heal this thing and fix this thing. Cause, cause look, I'm a typical guy, right? All I want to do is solve your problem. I don't know what your problem is, but I want to solve it. That's, that's my gig. Right. So as we're riding, he's like, okay, hold on. And he's like, Admiral McRaven's getting beat up pretty badly in Congress at, um, over preservation of the force and family and getting, uh, well, Preservation of force and family didn't exist yet, but over over the amount of people that were committing suicide, 22 a day, he's like, he's getting beat up pretty badly. Uh, you think you could help him? And then he had asked me specifically, would you please be on this preservation of the force and family? And I said, yeah, sure. And that was just in my humble opinion, Joe's opinion, right? Not to reflect the Department of Defense or anybody that I may be associated with. It wasn't enough. It was a half measure because what it was, was it was a focus, a keen focus on talking about your problem. Now, I don't know who you are, but I don't care who you are because if I'm a special operations person, I do not want to talk to you. I don't care who you, you have a your PhD in psychology. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Right. I want to know that we spill blood in the same mud, that I can trust you, that we can, that I have a, a little bit of trust basis here. And then maybe we can go out, sit over a beer or a fire or coffee and talk, right? Then and only then. So the whole talk thing was way overrated and that was pretty much what they wanted to do. So I'm like, okay, you're attacking the problem from only the psychological standpoint, but it's a physiological and it's a physical problem. So it's physical, physiological, and psychological simultaneously. If you fail to address all three at the same time, you are doing a disservice to the person you're working with, in my opinion. Right. So explain to us what it is, because you have a very unique thing that you have going down there in Florida. So <laughs> tell us what it is that, how you treat people. So uh, 
I'm going to go into the ideology behind all of this. So I was, I was stovepiping myself as well. So here I am telling on myself right in the very beginning, right? So I had stovepiped myself to help only in the physiological realm, right? I was like, I can help. I can use hyperbaric medicine, these, these pressurized chambers filled with oxygen, and I can help. And I can increase the oxygen carrying capacity to, to, you know, 12 times that of your normal air that you're breathing right now. I can heal these wounds. I can heal the wounds that are in the brain. And I was kind of running down the road with those scissors, right? Well, then I was driving to, from a workout, I was driving home from a workout and I got T-boned. I drive a 1947 Chevy and I got T-boned in my side on the driver's side. I got knocked unconscious, complete loss of consciousness in the car. They dragged me out of the car. I woke up in the ambulance 20, 30 minutes later. Nobody's able to tell me because I don't know. I uh, got to the hospital and they were like, hey, guess what? You have a traumatic brain injury. And I'm like, uh, what's with that? <laughs> you know, so I started trying to heal myself again. And then I have all this PTSD from beside it. And, you know, I went, I, I'm like, I'm a researcher. I know how to do this, but I'm not thinking clearly. So I'm thinking I'm going to go outside the country and do some of these illegal things and there there are some things that are on the table that are not very good for us and I'm here to tell you that it's uh it's just truly uh bad to do if you have a traumatic brain injury. So that being said, came back, fell into a deep state of depression. My buddy walks in and I'm literally bawling at my desk and he walks in and he goes, "What's going on?" And I'm like, "Look man, I just can't I can't get there from here. And if this is the way my life is going to be for the rest of my life, I don't want this. And he was like, hold on a second, motherfucker, because I don't like the way you're talking. Sorry. Oops. He goes, hold on. And he picks up the phone and calls our friend. And he calls our friend and says, hey, Joe needs some sleep and Joe needs some help. So psychologist, a psychiatrist, he helped me, made me sleep, gave me some talking to. And then it was like, okay. So now I have my leg up and I start crawling, walking, running. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put hyperbarics in there. Okay, I'm going to put the, the psychology portion of it in there, right? So it's physiological, psychological. And then it's like the physical aspect of it. That needs to be treated as well. So I found a physical therapist. So then I got this set therapy, which uh, massages the occipital lobe and decreases the throughput of the cerebral spinal fluid uh, from about an 11 hour round trip time to about a two hour round trip time. And that increases cerebral blood flow, right? So everything that I'm thinking is focusing on cerebral blood flow so much and to the point that I would drive home and on my way home, I would get 40, 40 uh, pounds of ice and I would literally throw it in my bath and I would fill the thing up with water and I would sit in the ice bath for 10, 20 minutes, get out, get in the shower, the hot shower, then get back, get back in the ice tub, then get back in the shower, decrease perfusion, increase cerebral perfusion. You see what I'm saying? So, so, you know, when you get into the cold water, it shunts everything and goes to the core. That extra blood's got to go somewhere. Brain, right? So that's just a theory. I'm making stuff up as I go along, right? I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just making stuff. I'm going, will it increase cerebral perfusion? Do it. If it does do it. Right. So that was all I was, I was looking at increasing angiogenesis, neurogenesis, increasing brain derived neurotropic factor, all those scientific BS terms. I'm probably way in the weeds. So 
I developed this entire program out of that traumatic brain injury, healed myself. And then I'm sitting around with a bunch of my buddies on uh, December 28th or 29th. And they're like, well, where do you want to be next year? And I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of going to funerals. I want to do something very, very different and crazy. And they said, oh, what time do you want to start? <laughs> I'm like, those are my boys, right? <laughs> We're in <laughs> two feet. <laughs> so they helped me. They supported me. They got a bunch of people together. We got a bunch of people together. We got some funding together. And we basically self-funded the first mission. And we basically threw this on. What we made is an intensive outpatient protocol where we go eight hours a day, guns on, you're doing therapy for you, right? You're doing everything that we have in the table, including neurofeedback, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, the set therapy that I described before, physical therapy, uh, you, you know, trauma-based uh, counseling with our friend, Dr. Janelle, you know, good stuff, so. Yes. And she's listening. I tagged her to make sure she, she was like, oh my God, did I miss it? She's um, an amazing creature. Amazing. She is. She is amazing. And I can't wait to, I can't wait to get to Florida to meet all you people. Yeah. Come on. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. That way me. I can be, that's why I can just be as crazy as you guys are. I mean, seriously, I have Navy and Air Force down there. So it's just like, <laughs> one will either get the sea or we'll be in the air either or. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So in what success rate have you had with these things that you put together so, to help people? Honest to God, Protocols. the data is very preliminary. The data is very preliminary, but there is no discernible nature of a traumatic brain injury or PTSD, non-reportable on the GAD, the PSM, the, all those standard test things, you know, which is her lane, not mine, but no discernible traumatic brain injury or PTSD able to be found or discovered and not on the EEG either. So it's really pretty nice. We show an increase in brain coherence, right? We show a decrease in lag time. I mean, we are hashtag winning. I, 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 I don't know, but, but it's, it's not an IRB approved study yet. So that was just what you do when you do a study is you do a preliminary, right? And you do a couple of retroactive fact-finding missions. And that's what we're doing right now, retroactive fact-finding mission. And then what we do is we find and we make our null hypothesis. So we have to form a null hypothesis, but it has to be based upon something. So. Right. We're wow. still in the that's, process. That's incredible. I'm just going to go to the comments here. Uh, our friend Christine, she's going to get to Florida too. Well, it looks like we're going to have a party. Yeah. Down in Florida. And Mark um, is from New Zealand. Hey. That's late for him. <laughs> wow. So you welcome. Create a great, uh, create a great audience. They, they're I, pretty interactive. I, I know. And I put your winning, hashtag winning hashtag in the comments. Winning. <laughs> winning. You know, because we all have to win. And I love that. I absolutely love what you're doing. And, uh, I, you know, when you said I knew about the accident before when we first originally talked and I was just like, you know, it's, it's like God does things when you think you're on the right path. And he, like you said, you were focusing on one thing instead of the three things. And he's like, nope, to get Joe's attention, this is what needs to happen so that you can focus on all three things. 
Well, he was like, listen, I've told you now eight or 10 times and you just don't get it. So now I have to hit you with a Ford Expedition in your driver's side for you to pay attention to me. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> and Wendy is joining us. Um, she says, so exciting. She was healed from TBI too, working with Whoa. 220 and foster kids. That's amazing. Very good. Very, Very good. good. Yes, absolutely. Love that. Um, so what would you say to somebody who is on the fence of starting at one of your programs? Well, it doesn't even have to be my program. I, I can tell you that perfect is the enemy of good enough. And that I, I have literally lived my life through that, that axiom, right? Perfect is the enemy of good enough. Start something, do something, do anything. Take the time to heal yourself. Don't make me, the provider, care about you, the patient, more than you care about your well-being. So you have to take the time to commit to yourself to help yourself heal. If you come at me with the just fix me attitude, I got nothing. This is, this is at least 70% you. It may be a little bit me, but it's 70%. Your attitude that you take when I tell you, hey, no drinking, no smoking, no, no drugs during this, no nothing, I, no pain pills, nothing. We need to know everything that you're doing, everything that you're working. Every, I want you to get eight hours of sleep at night. I want you to drink a gallon of water a day. And you don't do that. that that's on you. I, I, you know, take the time for yourself. So that's what I say to everybody. Take the time for yourself. What was the last time you took time off to pamper yourself? because you need it. I don't care who you are. You need it. And I grimaced, but then I remembered I spent all day yesterday outside, laying on a blanket, enjoying a book. That's Hashtag what I winning. did. Was Hashtag it my book? winning. <laughs> what was that? Was it my book? It will be your book soon. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am getting your book. I am. Yeah. I am. I am. Um, and Melanie, hello from Massachusetts. Melanie is um, next to Kimberly and I, a cool. massive cheerleader and ally for veterans around the world. Um, actually, she's around. She's about the same as, as Kimberly and I. Um, and she's amazing. And she's always here for our veterans. So, Melanie. Thank you for joining you us tonight. Thank you for being here for our veterans. Oh, one yeah. thing that I always like to say in these, these type of engagements, I, I have to thank all of you for changing your attitude and thanking the service member and, and helping the service member. It wasn't always this way. I went in the Navy in 1985. I didn't come out till 2013. And when I went in, there were signs that said, dogs and sailors keep off the lawn. They, nobody would ever put a sign like that up. And now everybody is thanking everybody for their service. So thank you guys for doing that change in mindset. It's not the service member that's the problem. If it's the government and you disagree with the politics and the policies, I get it. I understand that. But this kid's out there just trying to help. So thank you for thanking everybody and helping. It's Yeah. I If I was to see one of those signs, it would be take the... Like, I would go rip it off myself and I'm a civilian. Um, and that just is not, you know, um, yes. In, in getting with that, one of the biggest things um, that I've been noticing with our veteran world over the last six months is, um, you know, the appreciation for what you guys do. And number two, um, 
I'm trying to find different ways to, um, like, while you guys are being, okay, I always say this, and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys basically are trained to kill, depending on what part of the military you're at, but then you should also be trained how to really get yourself mentally out of those situations where that doesn't happen, and that's why we end up with PTSD when, you know, you guys come home, or whatever the case may be, so... We're, I'm also part of uh, Angels 14 Friday meetings, and so I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> By the time we get all this together, all these programs together, we're going to revolutionize. We're going to revolutionize everything so that when people come out, hey, we, we this 22 to... 22 uh, deaths by suicide per day have got to get down to nothing, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And how we do it, whether it be, you know, training them while they're in or training them when they come out, either or, it's got to be done. Yeah, it, it, it needs to become part of the culture and less of the, oh, well, just tough it out, just stick it out, you'll be okay, or you're a wimp, or come on, man, toughen up, you can hang. No, there is no toughen up. You can hang. If people, if everybody was designed to do this job, everybody would be doing the job. It's less than what are we talking? Two percent of the people in the United States have ever served. Maybe it's three. My number may be off, but it's a very low number percentage-wise that have ever served in any capacity. So it's like, wow, that's really telling. You know, not everybody's cut out to do this job. So these kids that are doing it, man, they do. They need that training and. And, you know, there's a there's a moral compass going on upstairs, right? You're raised this way for 17, 18 years. You go in the military, you do something, and it's like, it's way off of what you your moral compass was. That's a huge problem for a lot of people. So, yeah. Exactly. So we have a LinkedIn user. I'm not sure who it is. Uh, hello. Thank you so much for doing this. It's an honor to work alongside you, Dr. DeTore. So you. I'm not sure who you, you are. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm trying to go to my LinkedIn to find out who it is because I thought Janelle would be on Facebook, but I could be wrong. I'm trying to figure out who it is. Either way, uh, we you thank guys you for don't being know here. Dr. Janelle, listen to her stuff. She's, she's amazing. I credit her with a lot of greatness in my life. She's a major part of this program. And, and, you know, so when I say psychological, my psychological component, just insert Dr. Janelle right there. That She's the one. She runs the entire thing, the GAD7, the PS, I don't even know the actor, the letters. She's got the whole thing. She runs the whole psychological trauma program. And yeah, yes, of It course. was her. Dr. It was her. Yeah. We guessed it right. It's my girl. Doc Dr. J. And we're glad that you, that you made it and that you... She's having problems with technology, and I'm not laughing at you. I'm not laughing at you, Dr. Janelle. <laughs> we had a conversation before the show started. That's why I was late and flustered, and, and I was in the wrong show. I was actually in Wednesday's show waiting for these guys and thinking, wait a minute, that's the wrong time. I'm in the wrong thing. So where so, are you? <laughs> one never knows, really. <laughs> Oh. One never knows. I'm having fun, and that's that's the main part. So hey. you know. <laughs> so now, tell us about your book because yes, you said mentioned a little bit, but I want to hear uh, these the folks here and now. Or I'm not laughing at you. 
she's in the comments laughing with oh yes with you yes laugh with, with you. you we are laughing with you that's right i just wanted to clarify that i don't want anybody ticked off at me anyways your book dr joe i was gonna right <laughs> like there's too many doctors and joe is just like <laughs> like i think people get wrapped up in that uh the the title and uh uh, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. So uh, my book is called Secrets in Depth, and I would love it if you guys would uh, go ahead and click on it, see if you could uh, get it, download it, buy it, whatever. Um, it, so what happened was I was the officer that was kind of in charge at Deep Submergence Unit, not kind of, I was the officer in charge at Deep Submergence Unit, right, for the diving portion. We brought the one atmosphere suit online. We, we brought the pressurized rescue module online. We replaced and retired the old DSRV, Deep Submergence Research uh, uh, Recovery Vehicle, Research Rescue Recovery Vehicle. Um, and then we, uh, you know, we had the McCann rescue chambers and so forth. And while I was there, I became a one atmosphere suit pilot. So there are like 35 or 40 in the world. My number is 21 blackjack. So, uh, yep. So my, my ring, my one atmosphere suit ring has the, um, has the blackjack number on it. So that's cool. Uh, but yeah, so I stood that program up and, you know, this whole book is about things that didn't happen. They didn't actually happen at the, uh, <laughs> you're laughing, at the uh, at, at Deep Submergence Unit during that time, you know? Uh, like people didn't get hurt, people didn't get killed. The CIA did not come on board and try to commandeer my vessel. And then my boss did not call me and, you know. So like lots of, lots of cool stuff where I ended up swinging from a North Korean fishing trawler while I was in the one atmosphere suit, having been in the wrong place at the wrong time, getting caught by a fishing trawler, AKA a uh, espionage platform. And uh, yeah, and and the uh, mayhem that ensued from that, and uh, you know, but it's kind of like a. Uh, this is the this is the Bruce Willis sort of a hero. This is not the uh, not the James Bond sort of a hero. This is like more the Bruce Willis walking around with no shoes on in the top of Nagatomi Plaza and uh, going, I can't believe I'm in this mess. Oh my God, why did I get here? And the funny part is funny, not so funny, but the funny part is that this character. Joe Camissa is his name. Commander Joe Camissa is the guy that's in charge. He's a nice Italian boy from New York, by the way. So he um, had a traumatic brain injury when he dropped back in the water and he hit his head on the top of the suit while he was inside the suit. He got knocked unconscious. He had a traumatic brain injury, PTSD to follow, had, you know, a veiled, uh, veiled thoughts of suicide, you know, blah, blah, blah. So all of that was very close to home and like, it's really well described. And, and, you know, when you go through that, you're like, Oh, sounds like a stereotypical prefrontal cortex injury to me. Oh yeah. But it didn't really happen. So yeah, it's all because I would think like that. I can't yeah. even, I can't even say back to you what you just said. I have no idea. It like kind of went over my head. Oh no, I'm sorry. Well, it's a That's Navy okay. thriller about a Navy guy who, uh, no, I meant the cortex. The cortex oh, thing. Yeah. The cortex yeah. 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 Sorry. No, so, that's a, I, the other start if I got, but the, uh, <laughs> the medical terms. No, I didn't get that. <laughs> the traumatic brain injuries speak to us, right? Like they tell us by what we can and cannot do. So you have overboard emotions. That seems very characteristic of a traumatic brain injury. It is PTSD, traumatic brain injury. Guess what? If you had a PTSD, or if you have a traumatic brain injury, you have PTSD. It's 
it's that that's that's what you get. Congratulations, that's your other prize that you get. You know, so uh, if you cry all the time, you have all this extra emotion. If you're angry at times where you really shouldn't be angry, if you have risk-taking behavior that you wouldn't normally have had, like you're just like screwed. I may as well. My life's over anyway. Just ride my motorcycle with no helmet. I'll just whatever. Speed down the highway, whatever. And suspicious behavior, like you suspect everything and everybody. You know, these are not your fault. They're not necessarily the fault of the person involved. It's the traumatic brain injury and the PTSD that ensues. I mean, your cortisol goes up. You know, you spike your cortisol. To, I'm sorry. I'm I'm way down in the weeds. Sorry. No, I know what cortisol is. Continue. <laughs> yeah. So, so you get this spike in cortisol, right? So you get this every time your adrenaline kicks in, you're like, oh, fight or flight ramps up and you go right into fight or flight. And then all of a sudden you're massively producing cortisol. When you do that for like 30 days in a row, every time somebody drops something or something bangs or something, you hear something or you, you get scared again and you go right back into fight or flight. After a period of time, your body goes, listen, I'm done producing cortisol. And then they do the cortisol test and they go, oh, look, your cortisol has dropped. And it's like, well, yeah, you were in fight or flight for like 30 straight days. There's, you're not producing cortisol anymore. Welcome to the club. You now can't produce cortisol. Wait, we need that. <laughs> you know, so it's like, this is all, these are all second and third order consequences of having a traumatic brain injury, having PTSD and being in these situations where you're not getting treatment. So, you know, and if you know somebody that has some sort of suspicious behavior, look, if they were one way before something happened and now they're another way, just get them to talk to somebody about it. Get them to talk to somebody that cares. That's it. I mean, recognizing this thing is mostly the problem because everybody just kind of blows it off. You know, I'll be fine. I'm fine. I'll be fine. Why? Tough it out. That's what we do. Toughen up. <laughs> I, oh my gosh. I was swimming with my buddy and I swam underneath a cement pier just because I was trying to cut the corner. We were open ocean swimming while we were at, at, with my doctor, right? So I'm part of deep submergence unit. I'm the guy in charge. And my doctor and I are swimming because he used to be a Navy SEAL. So we're out and we're just doing our PT in the morning, early morning swim. The, the pier comes down, hits me in the top of my favorite head, splits me wide open. And I'm like, He's like, oh, you're okay. And I'm like, really? Like, there's an awful lot of blood. He's like, hey, I'll be fine. So we swim in, right? We swim in, we go to the conference and I'm like, okay, you know, he's, he's a great guy, but maybe he's not that much of a doctor. Let me find another doctor. So I go to the Australian component doctor. Her name was Sue Sharp. And she goes, she looks at it and she goes, oh my goodness. Oh, oh, I have just what you need. Here's a box of Harden Up, princess. And I'm like, I, you did not, <laughs> but that was, that's the mentality, right? Here's a box of Harden Up, princess. Take two of these and call me in the morning. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I love the way how you described that because, okay. So for somebody who has had um, high amounts of stress in their life for years, decades, like 30 plus years, lived their life in this constant state of chaos, that would definitely be a form of PTSD then. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah. No question. No question. It's as easy as you having differences of opinion. Like PTSD is one of these, like you say you have PTSD. Anybody can have PTSD from anything. So don't like, and some are here and some are here. Like some are at ridiculous and some are at, well, you know, you'll be okay. You should be okay. You know, but you, you can't even rate it because most people 
They don't even know what they're dealing with. And then the combination of those things. Well, first this happened, then this happened, then this, then this, then this, then this, then this. Then this. So before you know it, you're up here and you're like, how did I get here? I, this was a little thing. It was way down here. So, you know, you got to kind of, you got to kind of cut people some slack. I mean, just, just be excellent to one another. I mean, it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough to, tough to concentrate on people. Dr. Royster says, order the book online via Amazon secrets in depth. If you're in Tampa, he will sign it for you. AKA dragon slayer. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Dragon that sounds slayer. like another story. That is a nickname. Yeah. You know, careful what you do wrong. You will get a, uh, you will get a nickname. If you do it right, you'll get a nickname. If you do it wrong, you'll get a nickname that sticks with you for the rest of your life. But that's part of the fun. I think if you have a nickname, if you have a nickname, then you've lived. If you don't have a nickname, then obviously you haven't lived. Right. You've seen Maverick, right? Right. You've seen the guy with Maverick uh, Top Gun, the second one. So the guy with the call sign, Bob, he never did anything. He was boring. His call sign was Bob. Right. Okay. Then there's killer threat, you know, Maverick, you know, goose, whatever, you know. Yeah. No, I love that movie. I actually, I had to drag my husband, who ironically, his name is Joe as well. He's surrounded by Joes. Um, So anyways, drugged him to the movie. And and he admitted afterwards that it was pretty good. But then I didn't find out till afterwards that our uh, uh, friend, I forget how to pronounce his last name, Dave is uh, is an extra in the bar scene. So I had no idea. I know, right? He, Dave from yeah. Angels 14. So if you're watching this, like, I'm serious. So now I'm going to have to go watch the movie again, just so I could see if I could find Dave, because now I know somebody in the movie. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good I stuff. know, right? Now we need to be extras in a movie and, and they'll, you know, that will just add to, to everything. So yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> we'll wait till somebody picks up the book and makes it a movie. Then you won't be an extra. Then you'll be in the movie. It'll be great. Then I'll be in the movie. Well, see, well, that's happy- what's going to happen. Huh? Because the right person, the right person, that's what's going to happen. Because the right person is going to watch the show, knows <laughs> that I'm out to create a series, a veteran series, to be nationally syndicated and eventually a documentary. So if anybody out there that's listening to this right now, contact me immediately because we need to make this happen because all of our veterans and their organizations and first responders need more eyes on the prize and what they're trying to do. And we all are, you know, it went from 22 to 28 a day. Hello, we need to do something. And I'm like you, right? You started it because you, you wanted to, to help. And that's why we started this mission. Um, so yeah. So anybody out there that can help us, we greatly appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Look, knowledge is power. Get the word out there. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, Doctor yeah. Joe, what what would you say is the biggest thing to date that you've overcome? Huh. The biggest thing to date that I've overcome. Wow. Yeah. There there have been so many in my life that it's just um, you know. So I'll tell you the biggest problem that I'm going through right now. Um, so had strabismus surgery when I was young. If you you look in the corner of the eye, you can see the little scar from the wandering eye, right? I was that kid in the, the fourth grade, fifth grade that had the wandering eye, right? 
So I had that strabismus surgery, pulled the eyes together. For a period of time, I saw one and a half people. But over a period of time, your eyes compensate. It's called a compensatory mechanism. So your eyes and your mind mix the image, bring it from one and a half down to one. Great. When you have a traumatic brain injury, your brain goes into overspeed and you're trying to fix things. So you have a lot of delta, high delta wave action and all the compensatory mechanisms that you had, all the things you used to compensate for the things that your mind just didn't do or your eyes don't do or your ears don't do, they stop working. So your compensatory mechanism is gone. So I'm back to seeing one and a half. So here I am reading technical scholarly papers and I'm reading the first line here and the second line with this eye. So it's like, what the heck? So it's off and, and there's one and a half of it, the overlap of the word. It's the hardest thing in the world. So I've been just really, really working with the therapist, working with the visual therapist, getting the... Uh, the prisms right in the glasses to get the, and you think, oh, this should be easy. If it was easy, it would have been done a while ago. And this is, we're going on uh, 10 months, nine months post accident. So we've been working on this for a good solid seven months. Well, the good news is you are heavily connected to people that can help you. <laughs> That's the good part. Yeah, the good news is, yeah. That's okay. So, okay. And I mean, this as just a joke. So I don't, and I know you're the type of person that could handle this, but you know, the story of the guy getting kicked with the donkey, like his vision was bad. And then you, you got hit by a donkey and then it fixed it. Maybe that's yeah. what you need. Wouldn't that be good? No. <laughs> so, you, you, you know, I, I think it's funny because you, you're 100% right. Remember we talked about how, you know, you get put on a certain path for a certain reason. And my first book was called Secrets in Depth. My second book is going to be called Why My Traumatic Brain Injury is the Best Thing That Ever Happened to Me. So it's all about me having the empathy for the people who are suffering from traumatic brain injury so that I can help them more, betterer, Right. I'm in there and there's this kid, 240 pounds, he's 30 something years old, wrecked a motorcycle in Cabo San Lucas, came to uh, San Francisco. They didn't realize his brain was swelling, real bad traumatic brain injury, PTSD. He's in an assisted living facility. His mom brings him over to my clinic. He's getting hyperbaric oxygen treatment, gets angry and rips the speakers off the inside of my thing. And the mom is just like, oh, oh. What do I need to do to fix that? And I was like, don't worry about it. Come here, mom. And I hugged her and she was like, bah! you know, from that point, all the tears came out. And it was just like that my traumatic brain injury brought me the empathy I needed to deal with that cat, that kid, and make sure that that I'm not personalizing this. And that's my other message to people. Please don't personalize the actions of somebody with traumatic brain injury or PTSD. They are suffering. It's not them. Now, if they were an idiot beforehand and they're an idiot now, well, that's their fault. I don't know what to tell you. But if they were a good guy beforehand and now they're not being so nice, right. cut them a little bit of slack. So exactly. empathy, right? Yeah. Empathy makes the world go round. I was just going to say that. Yes. Melody uh, says, I think I need to make Joe a Tuesday spotlight. What do you think? I absolutely believe that you should make Mel uh, Dr. Joe the spotlight 
Tuesday spotlight. And so when I talk Monday, I know. So Tuesday, you'll be the spotlight. Oh, okay. She, Melanie, Melanie is a writer and Melanie um, is huge on helping our veteran organizations get heard and seen and everything like oh, that so and appreciated. And that's what Melanie does. So Ooh, stay tuned. Wow. You may be, you may be. She's asking my opinion. I say yes, but it's ultimately up to Melanie because she's the one that writes it, not me. Um, and Christine says, keep you it up. It, oh, yeah. Absolutely. And yes, yeah, so yeah, just keep on and eventually you'll get from one and a half to, to one again. Yep. And that's, and that's the thing. So you keep trucking, right? You, you know, look, man, uh, true nobility is not being greater than your fellow man. It's being better than your former self, right? So every day I just need to be better than I was yesterday. So I got knocked down. Yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going. I mean, that indomitable spirit, you, you, you have no choice. What's, what's the option, right? There is no, no other option. Zero, right? So you don't have any choice. So keep pressing forward. May as well do it. Put a smile on your face and be good about it. <laughs> you know, it'll all work out in the end as it is supposed to. So Exactly. I keep getting that song. I get knocked down. I get back up again. Yeah, I get knocked I, down. I, but I get up again. Up again. Yes. <laughs> See, you know which one I was talking about. Oh, There's yeah, two, but that, you know which one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. but, Christina White is a friend of mine from uh, from Facebook. I'm glad she tuned in. I'm real happy about that. So, I, I, she might have been your listener as well. But no, I was going to ask you after she was your listener or mine, but it doesn't really matter. I'm just glad she's here. So she's good people. Well, that's good. We'll have to connect after the show. Yes, for sure, absolutely. So, I is there any last? Is there any? Okay, so we've touched on the book. We've touched on what you do out in Florida. What's the best way uh, that you want people to get in touch with you? Oh, so uh, you can check out the website. Now, don't ping me for this. I didn't make this up. My publicist at the time did. DrDeepSea.com. D-R-D-E-E-P-S-E-A.com. Dr. Deep Sea. It's got all the information you'd possibly need about me, all the Facebook, all the hashtags, all the whatever, whatever, whatever. It's not my, it's not really my jam, but um, like I'm, I, I don't do the whole talk about me thing very well. And that's probably part of my problem, but you know, it, it's, it's a website that talks all about me. Surprise. So you can get all that info. And if you want to contact me there, do that. Or, you know, hit me up on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever. All those are Dr. Deep Sea sort of hashtags. I'm on Twitter as well or, or Joe DeTore. Just Google me and you will get me. Um, and I'm pretty responsive to people. Ask Christina. She contacted me out of the clear blue sky and we started chit-chatting and it was like, ah, okay, yeah. Cool, cool. Melody says, watch for it in tomorrow's LinkedIn Spotlight. I will send you a connection after the show. See that? You're spotlighted again. And I did put your uh <laughs> I did put your website in the comments. It is in the show notes. You are just so freaking crazy, and I love that. <laughs> this is sober too. Not a drop. This was right? water square, I swear. Uh-huh. A little bit of vodka. What up? 
No, if you're going to drink, don't drink vodka. Drink tequila if you're going to drink. Or bubbly, because we really want the proud, we want our sponsor to be bubbly. Bubble. Mm -hmm. Yes, we would like, we would like Bubble to be our proud sponsor. So it, for all of you that have watched the show, have watched it on the replay, hashtag Bubble and have them come over here and join us because we really need a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I love it. I hope you get that. We will. I just put it out there. It will happen. So <laughs> with that, we are going to bring, uh, we're going to go to the second half of our show and we are going to bring on the amazing Kimberly and her amazing guest. There we go. So Kimberly, I'll put it over to you. Okay. I receive it. Thank you. Um, Dr. Joe, just really thank you. It, it's been such an awe-inspiring show tonight. Uh, and I just, I love where things are going for humanity and, and who you are for humanity and that people don't, and life, right? For that matter, not, you know, humans are, you know, engaged with all of life, right? And so for them to be whole and complete like this, as opposed to like some generational conversation to get whole and complete, it's just, yeah. it's a real honor, the work that you're doing and a privilege to, Thank to know you. you. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I am not physically, but I am in, inside the fundamentals tonight. We're in Arizona, right? <laughs> and I'm here with Josh, who is literally one of my most favorite people on the planet. Like, and that's some tough company. <laughs> All right. Um, and uh, Josh uh, is going to share tonight a little bit before we share our fundamentals about his amazing company, Grounded Implementation Consulting. So, Josh, what would you like them to know about Grounded Implementation? Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Kimberly, for the introduction. And Joe, uh, uh, absolutely amazing. I will rewatch this more than once. So thank you very much for what you've done. Um, grounded Implementation started as a result of, uh, I would spend years and years and years working for different companies and I'd always just increase their performance, increase their bottom line, and I'd do it all internally. So, and it became, then I'd get bored. So I'd work for a company for a couple of years or work with friends for a couple of years. I'd get bored and I'd move on to a different venture, different project, different, whole different industry. And what I realized is the best way to apply my talents and apply my trade is to actually start a consulting company. That way I can work with multiple different industries, multiple different disciplines, whole range and variety of people. So, you know, that's that's the venture I went down, the road I, path I went down a few years back. And, you know, what I have found, two real key elements in this is the journey begins from where you are now. There, It's really, and people think that there's this big thing to get to. But if you don't know where you are, it's like the old adage about a map. You can, you, can walk, you can look at a map to go somewhere, but if you don't know where you're starting, there's nowhere to, there's nowhere to go. So really grounding yourself in where you are now, and it's perfectly fine anywhere you are right now. And then the other main aspect that I found to be most impactful and, and as well as overlooked is true customer service. True customer service is gone. Um, the... That also includes, and in, in what I include in customer service, is taking care of yourself, taking care of the people that you work with, taking care of your vendors, taking care of your suppliers, 
taking care of your employees. I mean, I, the, I ran a printing company, large format printing company about five years ago. I could still to this day call any one of my vendors I had five years ago. They'd love to talk to me. They'd take my call and they'd do anything they could for me because we developed those kind of relationships. That's what true customer service is for me. So, well, and, and for everybody out there, no joke. I mean, this guy and Josh, you have to share like the diversity of all the different kind of companies that you've taken from nothing to something spectacular. Oh my gosh. Um, so short list of in industries I've worked in, uh, restaurant, bar, construction, um, printing, a large format print shop. I'll print. It was a print on demand, uh, large format print shop. You order by 10 AM. I will ship by four that by, by the end of the day, that day. Um, and I'm talking, you know, 60, 60 by 30 canvases are printed and shipped that day. Um, my gosh, uh, I've worked, I, I've drawn a blank on the other industries. I've whitewater worked rafting. Oh yeah, I ran a whitewater, <laughs> whitewater rafting companies for about 15 years, mostly based in Colorado. Uh, also did a season in West Virginia on the New River. Um, spent time in Idaho on the Middle Fork and Main of the Salmon, um, Arkansas River in Colorado. And so that, another piece of my passion i'm not quite the same type of water guy as you are joe but i water is my water is my soul i don't wear shoes yeah amen you know, they, they no seem shoes. like you know, flip-flops <laughs> yeah <laughs> i wear nice ones for dress up for important occasions but perfect that was perfect and that's what i promise you everybody in the audience about this amazing sponsor is not only will he create miraculous results for you he'll make sure you're having fun doing it and you know which is a perfect segue into the fundamentals look at that all right so who would like to share their fundamentals first oh 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 oh, oh okay no. <laughs> yes you in the front row okay <laughs> So, so the fundamentals, the three basic uh, tenets by which I live my life, uh, and it's real simple. It's people, people, planet. It's that easy. And I said people twice because Josh gets it. I, as Josh was talking, he's going, it, all those people, I could pick up the phone right now and they would still, I made a relationship with that person. You make a relationship with your client, a relationship with your customer, a relationship with your patient. And people go, that guy gives a crap about me because it's not mostly about people. And I said this in my retirement speech from the Navy. It is all about people, all about people. This planet, your interaction that you have, it can either be good or bad based upon the people that you put around you, the people that you surround yourself with. So yeah, no, those are those are the three things. And look, and for the planet, that's an easy one. Should be a slam dunk for everybody. It should be on IOPine. It should be on everybody's list because, you know, we're talking about the place where we live. If you don't take care of your house, nobody's going to clean up your own, your house, right? There's no person from another planet going to come down here and go, oh, by the way, I'll take care of all this plastic. You know, COVID happened and we forgot that plastic's not supposed to go in the ocean. It's 
like, ah, we, we don't care anymore. We're just going to double up on the plastic, triple up. It's, it's craziness, you know? So we got to still remember those core values that we have. That's why, that's why I find it uh, interesting. The core value of people, people, planet. Stunning. Perfect. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Yes. All right. Josh, what are your All right. Absolutely. So one of the one of the tenets and fundamentals that I live by is knowing that this is a journey. There's actually nowhere for me to get to. I am where I am now. I've had successes. I have I've had non-successes. And you know, this is a journey. And you know, second aspect of it is I'm always striving for what's next. What's going to light me up? What's important to me today? What what makes a difference for either the planet or the people around me right now? And the last one that I always strive for is, is it sounds a little tricky, but I'm 100% responsible for how the world occurs to me. And if, when I take that on, there's nothing I can't do. That I'm not, I'm not afraid to do anything. I'm not constrained by anything. I'm 100% responsible for how the world occurs for me. That, that is beautiful. So I, you should capture that somewhere. That is absolutely beautiful because when you think about it, oh boy. Yeah, Thank you. it's one of those. It's one of those things that I I actually started playing with about twenty years ago, and I still peel the onion back on that one. Yep. Right. Nice. Beautiful. We like him, by the way. <laughs> right. Right. In my square below me. So we like him. He's a keeper. Am I a keeper yeah. then? <laughs> yeah, he's a keeper. He's a keeper. Um, and and uh, Dr. Joe, it's so great what you pointed to because that is one of our intentions on the show. That's how Dorothy and I keep humility in play. Is we don't plan who's going to be on the show together. Uh, we allow for right it to be perfect, and it always is. <laughs> Every time. Every like. It, it, we've never to this day had guests on the show that were not like, like insanely complimentary and inside of our personal commitment to the people on our show and our audience, right? Is that it's divine um, for everyone involved. So as always, Dorothy, another great coupling because I see magic happening between these two going into this next week. <laughs> uh -huh. All right, that Dorothy, I give it back to you. Josh, um, where can people get a hold of you at? Where do you want them to? I'm putting it in the show notes in the in the comments as we go here. So, understood. How would you like I don't have uh, everything I've ever done is word of mouth. I don't have a website set up. I don't have anything like that. Um, I will uh, I will get a good way to get a hold of me and. Uh, get that to you guys. Dorothy, what I what I can put in for you for the audience and something to put in with the audience, which is actually a win for everyone, of course, um, is that how they can get a hold of him is through us. Um, okay. Josh's filter, uh, pretty much how he manages is how people come into him and who they come into him through. Um, mm -hmm. He gets requests globally um, for his involvement and he doesn't answer most of them. So uh, the audience's best, you know, way to access 
what he has to offer is through you and I and the show. Got it. Cool. Love that. Absolutely love that. Thank you so much, Josh. That was, uh, I wrote it in the comments. I'm 100% responsible for how the world occurs to me. That is like insane. Insane. Insanely good. Excellent. Insanely good. Thank you. Wow. That is another amazing episode of Unstoppable Overcomers. I just want to thank everybody in the comments for joining us. And I want to thank Dr. Joe and Josh for being here tonight. Look at that. Joe, JJ. JJ, I just like, hello. Uh, anyways, do either of you gentlemen want any last words before we wrap this completely up? Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Thank you, guys. I mean, this, if, if it wasn't for people like you, we wouldn't have a way to talk to people, get our word out, and hopefully help more people. So thank you for what you do. I'm humbled. Our pleasure. And I can't say it any better than he did, so I will second that. I swear to God, I didn't pay him to say that. Amazing. Maybe Josh should be your publicist. I know, right? Wow. All right. I haven't been in that industry before. Be worth trying. Yeah. Yeah. You're, obviously, you're going to win at it. I mean, you're great at it. Yeah. That is awesome. We'll talk about that after the show because I got a new a new venture for you. With that, <laughs> I just want to thank everybody again for joining us, and uh, don't forget to be unstoppable in all you do. And we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Bye. Bye, everybody. Oh, call him back.